This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome once again to another episode of The Drop Podcast. I am your humble host, Lance Descott. I've had a very interesting week responding to emails, tweets, and so on and so forth. A lot of people are saying that we can't judge these players. We need to see what the issues are. We need to give Craig Berube some time. I agree with the last part. We do need to give Craig Berube some time. However, when you have players that have underperformed or been inconsistent since Coach Hitchcock was here towards the end of his tenure, and then Yo, and now Berube, you cannot say that we can't say it's the players. I've been getting that response a lot. We can't blame the players. We need to give the players time. Well, I I agree with that with some of the new players. Some of the older players, who in my mind have played bad this year and did not play great with Yo and started playing bad under Hitch. That would be Petrangelo. That would be Pareko. That would be Steen, who I know is out of the lineup, and he's not played for Coach Berube. But he's not been a good player now for, what, three years? People can argue with me and say he's still one of the best two-way players in the league, and he's not. His plus-minus is terrible. It's And then there's Pat Maroon. People were just clamoring for Pat Maroon to come back. Pat Maroon's the reason that we beat Nashville Friday night. His physicality and him starting the fight, man, it's great to have Pat Maroon back. You're not an asset when you play 16 games and you're a minus 11. You are a deficit. Does he add things in front of the net? Yeah, he does. Does he add a physical presence sometimes? Yes, he does. But there's a lot of games where you don't notice him. I am so glad the Blues did not sign him and pay him three and a half to four million dollars like the Devils in Edmonton were going to do. I'm going to give Coach Brugge some time and some leeway to get this team hopefully where it needs to be. But when the same players play inconsistently, and decline under three different coaches. It's not all the coach. These players don't show up every night. These players make mental mistakes. And we're going to get more into this, but uh, Patrick Laine scored five goals last night. How do you let Patrick Laine score five goals? Now, I know some people are going to say, well, he's one of the best players in the league. Yes, he is. He is by far one of the best players in the league. That is why you should put people on him and make sure he's never alone. He was alone so many times last night in this game that I don't know if the Blues even knew he was on the ice. It's like he was a ghost out there, and after he would score, they kind of look at each other like, where did he come from? Who is that guy? Have you seen some good things in the last three games? Yes, especially in that game Friday night. And I saw some good things in the game against Nashville that they lost. I didn't see too much good in the loss last night. There were some bright spots, but overall, this team did not play good and did not play 60 minutes. 
it started out very good for the Blues. I thought the first period for the Blues, pretty dang good. They kept up with Winnipeg, they handled the pressure, and they got on the scoreboard first on a semi-breakaway by David Perron. And the Jets come in for Wheeler, lost it, and now Perron in a foot race in the clear. And a shot, he scores! DP 57! He had to release this when he did because he was being tracked down by Wheeler, who's a great skater. Wheeler fanned on it. A quick release startles the goaltender, one that he should have. A huge heads-up play by Perron. See that the puck was tipped, intercepts it, takes it down, and shot it when he should have, and put it into the net for a one to nothing lead. That goal is Perron's sixth of the year. Of course, it was unassisted. 13 minutes, 42 seconds in, the Blues are up one to nothing. But you know, a team as talented as Winnipeg, just like I said, against the Predators, they're not just going to lay back and let a team just tear them apart. They were ticked at losing a 2 to nothing lead going into the third period against the Wild in the previous night. Blake Wheeler would get his fourth goal of the year to tie it up at 15 minutes and 45 seconds into the first period. Morrissey hands it up for Shifley. Cross-ice feed. Wheeler in on the wing. Goes to that. Scores! Blake Wheeler caught Johnson off guard. I think he was trying to use Ehlers as a bit of a decoy, and it worked. And the Jets have tied it at one. This may have hit a stick on the way through, too, John. I'm not sure. We'll have to take a look at it here, but it certainly went through traffic. They had a pretty good line on it on Johnson, and Wheeler just threw it towards the net. And then they'll just take it up now. Puck possession. It's a harmless-looking two-on-two. Yeah, hit the defenseman's stick, I believe, and then went right up over top of Johnson there. Yes, no question about it. Bowmeister's stick. Bowmeister's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. The guy can't catch a break. As I said, that goal was Blake Wheeler's fourth of the year. Shifley gets his 13th assist. Morrissey gets his ninth assist. As I stated earlier, Patrick Lining would get five goals in this game. And it would all start with this goal just about 45 seconds after Wheeler's goal. And he would give the Jets a two to one lead. Right going, back around to the corner, Line Fox scores! Patrick Line, one time shot, and it's two one Winnipeg. I can't believe how quickly Line got this off. This is unbelievable. And a great play by Little on the boards to make the play. Another turnover by the Blues in the neutral zone. The Blues were plagued with turnovers in this game, just like they have been in a lot of their losses. But you're not going to stop Line every single time. But they did not defend against him well in this game at all. That's actually an understatement. That goal would be Patrick Line's 15th of the year. Little gets his 7th assist. Connor gets his 11th assist. 16 minutes, 26 seconds in. They are up 2-1. to one. But we would see something we haven't seen in quite a long time. Just about, oh, a minute and 24 seconds after that. What would that be? That would be a Vladimir Tarasenko goal to knot this thing up at two each. Shipped in deep by Tarasenko. He gets in front of shot. He scores! Tarasenko ends the drought. Well, he can grab that large monkey off his back and throw it in the garbage. He's been feeling the pressure. There's no question. He's been encouraged to shoot pucks quicker. Carries it through the neutral zone. A self-dump to himself as it ends up anyway. Grabs the puck from behind and he waits, gets out. What a huge goal by Tarasenko. The Blues really need him to start scoring. 
If he can't start scoring, it's not going to be a successful year for the Blues. That would be a seventh goal of the year. 17 minutes, 50 seconds in, it is knotted up at two apiece. Although the Blues played pretty good in the first period, I thought Winnipeg did outshoot them 14-7 to and had much better opportunities than the Blues did. Going into the second, the Blues needed a player to take over the game, but that wouldn't happen. Winnipeg would get their star, Patrick Laine, to take over the game, and the second period was owned by Laine. Laine ripped it over the net. Bufflin back down for Wheeler. The Laine scores! Patrick Laine, what a perfect shot! Second of the night, and a power play goal puts the Jets out front. Laine misses the first one. The Jets get it back. Good play by Bufflin to keep it in. And if they don't succeed the first time, try the same play again. What a pass by Wheeler. And it just amazes me, that release, how it continues to beat the other way. Carries it in, Tanev for the shot block, gets it back. Tanev scores! Brandon Tanev, what a great second effort. And he finds the back of the net, and the Jets are out front 4-2. Tanev shows spectacular patience on this goal. Johnson just overcommits a little bit to the right of his, of, and loses his net completely. And when he slides across, that leaves a wide come the Jets, three on one. Here's Connor, Laine scores! Patrick Laine with the hat trick. Seventh career hat trick for Patrick Laine, and a hat trick of hat tricks in the month of November. That's his third. The Blues must be shaking their head. I mean, here's one right off the post. And it comes out somehow on the short side and goes out the other side. And then after that, the Blues get caught, and all of a sudden, a counterattack, and it's a three-on-one. And Line A just gets the gift as it comes across to him. He looks, bang, right away, five-hole. And the He's hat trick to the boards, and Line A now will pick it up. Taken away by Sunfist. Lost it off the skate of Little. Line A scores! Patrick Line A, number four. What a night for Line as he's become Mr. November. We forget just how big a man he is. The Blues just fell apart in the second period. They weren't paying attention to what they're doing. There was a lot of standing around, a lot of watching. They weren't clearing the puck out. They were letting guys skate around with the puck. They were leaving guys wide open. And the period was owned by Patrick Line. That first goal was a power play goal, his 16th of the year and his second of the game. Wheeler gets his 23rd assist. Bufflin gets his 15th assist. One minute, 41 seconds in. The Jets are up 3-2. to two. That second goal by Brandon Tanev, a beautiful goal, his third of the year. Perot gets his third assist. Truba gets his ninth assist. 10 minutes, 50 seconds in. And they've extended their lead 4-2. to two. That's when, it, in my mind, it really started falling apart. It was falling apart before this. But there was two wheels off the car at that time. This is when the other two fell off, and the Blues were just screeching down the ice with not much control at all. Liney gets his third goal of the game and his 17th of the year. Connor gets his 12th assist. Little gets his 8th assist. 12 minutes, 53 seconds, and it's 5-2. to two. Just about 3 minutes and 15 seconds later, he gets his 4th goal of the game. In his 18th of the year, Connor gets another assist, his 13th. Little gets another assist, his 9th. 16 minutes, 2 seconds in. Winnipeg's up 6-2, to two, and that's the way the second period would end. Winnipeg only outshot the Blues 11-7, to seven, but the Blues' defensive play was just terrible. And of course, Blues fans, 
blaming Chad Johnson. If it all fails, blame the goaltender. It's always his fault. You know, he's the last line of defense. It doesn't matter that the team's playing bad in front of him. Go ahead and blame the goaltender. And that's what a lot of people were doing. So going into the third, what is going to be the storyline? Well, the storyline started out the same as the second period. Patrick Laine would get his fifth goal of the game in 19th of the year, just a minute and 16 seconds in, to give Winnipeg a commanding lead at 7-2. Connor will float it to the corner. Goes after the puck, Petrangelo in there as well. Little in front, here's Laine, scores! Laine with an historic night on Hockey Night in Canada. 7-2 and still counting. You should see the bench and the smiles. I mean, they can't believe it, they know. The Jets, as they've been doing all game long, hunt down the puck, and Connor's had an unbelievable night. He's a big part of this, as he has hunted down pucks. Guys, I'm telling you, good players score goals. Good players don't score five goals unless the other team's playing bad, or unless he's being left open, which is exactly both of what the Blues were doing last night. They left this guy open time and time again. They let him get the puck. They let him move the puck around. They didn't contest passes to him, and this is what happens when you let one of the best players in the league just do whatever he wants to do against you. That goal was his 19th of the year. Little gets his 10th assist. Connor gets his 14th assist. And Connor just had a great game for the Jets. He was all over the ice. He was chasing the puck. He was getting to the puck. He was making great passes. And he was part of the success that Patrick Laine and the Jets had last night. Would the Blues show any effort? Would the Blues come back and at least show that they're in the game, that they care. Well, they did do their best to try to come back, and they got two goals by Ryan O'Reilly and Pat Maroon to somewhat make it a little closer game. Throws it back of the goal. Francois gave it up, wide open net, and O'Reilly scores to make it 7-3. Well, no celebration there from Ryan O'Reilly as he capitalized on this miscue by the goaltender. Goes to the backhand, plays it behind. Sanford picks it off right in front of the net. And O'Reilly's got the goal right there before the goaltender can get back in. So good dump in there by Jay Bollmeister. And an easy tap in there for Ryan O'Reilly. Ray drops it off. On the wing for Perron. In front, Maroon. And he scores! His first goal as a blue for Pat Maroon. Quick hands for the big man. Loves to get it set up. If you're facing the goalie to the right as a left-hand shot, he gets the puck away from him, sweeps in quickly, sees if he's got some room. And even though it's a disappointing score as of this point, he still gets his first goal as a St. Louis Blue. Quick pass there by Perron, he slides it. Man, now oh man, he made that look so easy. It can't be that easy to do that. Forehand, slides in the far side as the goaltender's got no stick action right there, not aggressive in that respect. I certainly hope Ryan O'Reilly's not celebrating. I mean, you're 7-3 to three at that point. There's no reason to celebrate. It was just a bad game. But a nice goal by O'Reilly. Gets his 12th of the year. Sanford gets his 5th assist. 7 minutes 42 seconds in. We've got a game where the Blues at least are starting to show a little bit of life. The next goal would be a power play goal by Pat Maroon, his first of the year. Perron gets his seventh assist. Petrangelo gets his sixth assist. 14 minutes, 32 seconds in. The Blues are closer at 7-4. to four. But they would not get any closer than that. In fact, Brandon Lemieux would get his first goal of the year 
to wrap this thing up for the Jets at 8-4. to four. Winnipeg will carry it up for the fourth line out right now. Nick Patan hands it off. Lemieux going to the net. Scores! Brendan Lemieux bangs it home for his first of the year. And it's 8-4 to four, Winnipeg. Well, that really rubs salt to the wound, doesn't it? It's a situation here where the Blues just get outnumbered going to the net. And that's been the story of the game. And a centering play, a broken play, it just ends up right in Lemieux's stick. And he gets his second career goal, going to the net and left wide open in front. The theme of the night, you can't let guys wide open, whether it's in the front of the net, whether it's 15 feet out, whether it's a guy behind the net handling the puck. And the Blues consistently did that last night. That goal by Lemieux, of course, like I said, was his first. Roslovic gets his third assist. Patan gets his first assist of the year, 19 minutes, 20 seconds in. And the Blues lose this one 8-4. Let's look at the stats of the game now. Shots on goal, 36 for the Jets, 27 for the Blues. Faceoffs pretty even, 51% for the Jets, 49% for the Blues. The Jets had five power play opportunities and capitalized on one. The Blues' lethargic power play had three opportunities, but did capitalize on one, that goal by Pat Maroon. Hits 13 for the Jets, 34 for the Blues. Blocks 12 for the Jets, 14 for the Blues. The Jets had five giveaways to the Blues, too. Now it's a part of the podcast where we go to the post-game interviews. This time we're going to hear from Petrangelo, Perron Edmondson, and Coach Berube on his second loss as a Blues head coach. Sorry, this is a tough one to swallow, especially after the effort we gave last night beating the team like that. we got to be ready to play. I mean, it's a back-to-back early game. got to be ready to play. It's simple to ask, but when you have a game like that last night, how does this happen tonight? Uh, actually, sometimes it's harder when you win by, you know, you have a game like that to try and, uh, you know, grab it. And, you know, we didn't. We got to... We got to be ready to play. I mean, all their goals are just pucks in front of the net that we're just not hard enough on. So we just got to be ready from the start. Losses like this take a toll. You've had these eight to fours. You allow a lot of goals. Well, it doesn't matter how it goes right now, other than that we have to put our, our work boots at practice and, uh, and and make sure that we recover from that. Like it's been one good game, one bad game, and uh, let's get on a roll here. Let's let's break through and. And finally, put two, three, four, five games in a row. And um, at the same time, I know you guys are all doing a great job reporting and all that. But we can't listen to the noise. We got to come together as a, as a team within us and 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 work really hard and show everybody uh, what uh, what type of team we can have. It's just uh, honestly lack of effort. Um, I think uh, we we're focused so much on offense that um, you know we, we didn't take care of our own D zone. Um, you know, we let one guy score five goals. You, you know, you, we shouldn't be letting the team score five goals, let alone one guy. So um, just our D zone was out of place tonight, and um, it's embarrassing. Was the energy there tonight? At, at, yeah, it had moments for sure, um, um, but it wasn't consistent. Um, it should have been a 60-minute effort, but um, we took too many shifts off. Um, there were spurts of good energy and uh, good hockey, but um, not even close to enough. Fans ask quite a bit when you guys say that you didn't come ready to play or took shifts off and whatnot, and they go, how does that happen? I mean, what is what is the explanation to that? How, how do you not come prepared for a game? I mean, I thought we were prepared. Uh, you know, we were confident coming into the game, and then um, 
you know, first period they kind of took it to us. Um, we just weren't firing pucks on net. We weren't uh, going to the hard areas. They were winning all the battles. And, you know, when, when you're, not, you're not winning battles, um, you know, that's the result you're going to get. Joe, there were, there were a couple of liney goals where he was like all by himself. I mean, how, how does that happen where there's nobody even near him? That's just lack of communication in the D zone. Um, he's one of the best scorers in the league, if not the best. And we got to know when he's on the ice. And you know, if he he should have he should have no space out there, you know, at all times. And we should be finishing hard. But tonight we were too easy on him and that line. Liney goals is just wide open. Miss coverage, just not. We didn't do a very good job defensively tonight at all. Well, the power play goal, um, it's way too easy, you know. Uh, nobody in the lanes, nobody, um, no, sticks were brutal tonight all around. We didn't have good sticks defensively tonight <clears throat> on that power play goal. Um, just like I said, we were there, but we weren't there, you know, defensively. No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't come out with a lot of. Came out flat. Um, they're clearly the better team. Well, a lot of questions last night about can you sustain the way you played last night. Is this just part of the process? Well, like I said, it's uh, early. But like I told you guys today, it's one game. You know, we got a lot of work to do. They were talking about some of the guys were talking about communication issues or lack of communication on the ice. Is that they just need to speak? Better? Well, I think um, tonight they're probably talking about communication because when things are going badly like that, everybody gets quiet. Did you think of pulling Chad any earlier, or that's a tough decision? No, that's to make. not. No, not really. No. Not to second guess whatsoever, but you know, you didn't talk about the goal before the game. Just your decision to go with Chad. I think. Well, just back-to-back uh, -back games. Uh, we have a plan in place, um, so we stick to it. So one of the players said that he thought the team was maybe worried too much about scoring tonight. You know, if you get six goals last night and, and maybe forgetting about some other responsibilities, did you sense or see anything? Uh, I don't think I sense that we're worried about scoring. Um, like I said, we didn't we didn't play very well defensively tonight. I don't think it had anything to do with worrying about scoring. You have to score goals. But you also have to be responsible defensively. Thank but we you, weren't. You know, it's 2-2, two -two and, and Tarasenko uh, uh, just the guy in, in the face. It's probably not how you want to see a player retaliate in that circumstance. Right? No, it's not a good penalty. Um, but, um, you know, he, Laddie's playing with a lot of emotion right now, and sometimes it uh, gets carried too far. Well, definitely. We didn't have we didn't have any of that tonight. Starting in the offensive zone, you know, we lost guys, give them odd man rushes, things like that. You, you like the opportunity to have a few days to practice, or would you rather get right back on the horse? No, I think it's good that we got practice time here. I think there's a lot of emotion been going on lately, and that carried over in the game tonight. So as you address the team, if you do, is it a matter of fact? Is there how much emotion when you're weighing everything going into tonight's loss too? Afterwards, what, what's that again? What? If you address the team afterwards, yeah. How much emotion, or how much is it a matter of fact versus okay, we've got a couple days, or I didn't address the team after the game. That's tough. You know, it's there's nothing to say right now. We'll we'll uh, get back to work Monday. I want everybody to go back and listen to the players' post game interviews. 
and Coach Berube's. Then I want you to think back under Coach Hitch's tenure, the last part of it. Think back of Coach Mike's tenure and now Coach Berube's. The same things are being said time and time again. We're not giving enough effort. We're not communicating. The effort needs to be better. Too many mistakes. Bad defense. And yes, guys, did you notice something? Bay didn't throw Chad Johnson under the bus or Jake Allen for giving up those two goals late in the game. Do you know why Coach Bay did not come out and say our goaltending needs to be better? We need them to step up. It's because, like me, he knows that this is not mainly on the goaltending. Unlike a lot of fans out there, just want to push the goaltending issue. It's an issue at times. Yes, it is. And I know I keep harping on it, but you fans keep harping on it. We need Bennington up here. Bennington's going to solve the issue. We need Phil Huso up there. Last time I checked, Phil Huso was 1-9 in the AHL and had a goals against of 3.58, I believe. Is Bennington doing much better with a goals against under 2? Yes, he is. But do you honestly think that if the Blues thought Bennington could come in and at the least be a backup, that they wouldn't do it? They wouldn't figure out a way to get him up here? These guys want to win at any cost. And if they thought Bennington could come in and settle things down and help the Blues win, they would do it. But just as a lot of people know, such as myself and a lot of you guys out there. Bringing Bennington in and not fixing the mental mistakes and the lapses this team has isn't going to do anything. You're still going to see 8-4 to four games, 6-2 to two games, 5-1 to one games, 4-1 to one games, 3-0 to nothing games, 6-1 to one games, 6-3 to three games. You're going to continue to see that. And some people are going to say, well, Coach Berube's not going to throw the goaltender under the bus. Well, he's saying the defense played bad. Why wouldn't he come out and say, we need to shore things up defensively. Our goaltending needs to be more solid. They need to get us the big save we need. Do you know why he's not saying it? Because he knows it doesn't start with the goaltending. But everybody, Chad Johnson needs to go. Or Chad Johnson needs to play more. Jake Allen needs to be gone. Jake Allen needs to be a backup. Goaltending is an issue. It's not the major issue with this team, but a lot of you out there think it is. And I want you just to listen to the press conferences after the Blues lose. How many of them where the coaches have come out and say, we need our goaltender to be more solid. We need our goaltending to get us the big save. There may be a few instances of that. But for the main part, it's the same old thing after every game. I don't know how we weren't motivated. We didn't show up. We're making mistakes. We're not playing as a team. We're quiet out there on the ice. Our defense let us down. Oh, we can fix this. It's just one game. Do you know the Blues said that from about January on last year? It's just a game. And we heard a lot from Stasny and a few other guys January, February of last year. There's a lot of hockey left to play. Well, that's true right now. But when does it come to the time when there's not a lot of hockey left to play? 
when does it come to the time when some players' moves are necessary? As I stated in the beginning of the podcast, I got all these people telling me that, oh, we can't judge the players because Berube hasn't had enough time with them. So most of these players that are playing bad and not showing up are guys that were here before Berube that were playing bad and not showing up. How does Craig Berube fix a guy that doesn't play with heart? You can fix technical issues. You can scheme differently. But you can't fix a guy that doesn't want to play. You can't do that. You can't fix a guy that keeps making the same mistakes over and over again for two years. Mike Yo's gone, and I do believe he was part of the issue. But when does it get to the point to where they look at the players? There's a few guys on this team that have declined and are just playing terrible over the last year and a half, maybe even two and a half years. Something needs to be shaken up here. And if they continue to do this inconsistently, win one game, look like world beaters, and then lose two games, win one game, lose two games, win three games, lose three games, that doesn't get you in the playoffs. This team right now is at a pace for under 80 points. Now, a lot of people, we need more physical players. Guys need to be physical. We needed Pat Maroon back. Yeah, he played pretty good against the Predators Friday night. But he's been bad besides standing in front of the net all year long. But he provides a physical presence. I even had one guy say, Steve Ott needs to come out of retirement. We need Ryan Reeves back. You cannot have four fourth lines, which is what a lot of St. Louis Blues fans would like to see. 60 hits a game, two goals, but man, they played physical. That's what everybody went on about Friday night. This team played physical. Nobody went on the fact they scored six goals against the best team in the league. Well, damn it, they played somewhat physical for most parts of the game last night. 34 hits in that game. 34 hits, and what did it get them? It got them a loss at 8-4. to four. You need a physical presence, yes. But for some reason, fans in St. Louis, that's all they see. They want all lunch pail guys. They want four lines of guys that just hit and are physical. You don't want to get that wish because it's not going to equate to wins. You need one tempo physical line. And other guys to hit when they can. And I like the feistiness of Maroon and Shin in the game against the Predators. But do you want that every single game? Should you have to have two fights at the beginning of the game to get you going? No, you shouldn't. Every now and again, it adds a spark. But you don't want that every single game. I'm trying to stay positive. This team's got talent. If they play within their system, cut down on their mistakes, they can beat anybody. And I mean that, anybody. We've seen that against the Predators. Cut down on mistakes, get timely scoring, be physical when you need to be, and you're going to win games. And the Blues just haven't done that. Well, let's look forward to the game against Detroit. Detroit's been playing pretty good off and on this year. Not great. They've got some good young players. Of course, they've got Dylan Larkin. He's always there. So Detroit's not as bad of a team as they've been the last couple of years. The Blues are going to have to play well to beat them in Detroit.
That's all the time we have for this episode of The Drop. I want to thank everybody for joining me. Until next time, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.